yeah, health and nutrition and and helping families make better decisions uh, about how the food they eat and and extending food security and building opportunities for communities to meet their own needs. It goes so far beyond just kids, cows, sows, and plows. <laughs> I'll say that again. Kids, cows, sows, and plows. It's time for conversations about our food and how it's grown on Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson. Well, there's a lot of ways to be involved in agriculture other than just farming. We talk to people that are in that role, but some people are involved with agriculture from a really unique perspective. And the land-grant universities play uh, such an important role on all sorts of things, including community development and and not only do what we typically think of as regular agriculture research or production research. Well, my guest today, Brent Hales. Brent, you've been in several states. You've been involved with land-grant universities, and now you find yourself coming to California. I how, do indeed. Hi. Hey, how come? I have a long history with California. My grandfather, uh, my dad's, uh, my mother's uh, father, it was a 1939 graduate of the University of California. He was an entomologist and got uh, both a bachelor's degree and a, and a master's degree in entomology from UC. My mom grew up in Berkeley and my dad grew up in uh, Thousand Oaks. And so for me, this is coming home. This will be my fifth land-grant university uh, that I've worked with, land-grant system. Uh, but what drew me here is it is the premier land-grant system in the United States. It is a world leader in, in non-credit education and consulting. And when I think about it, it is truly a transformative educational institution because it is based in California's communities. It works with, not two or four, but works with and emerges from California's industries, peoples, and communities. That's exciting. Oh, it is exciting, and I'm glad you're here. But I have to tell you, we've got a lot of listeners to the podcast that are in these other states. Wonderful. <laughs> and so you've had good experience in these other states. What I are have. those other land-grant universities you've worked in? So I started out at Iowa State. Uh, that's where I got my Ph.D. Uh, worked with uh, the... Uh, yeah, health and nutrition and, and helping families make better decisions uh, about how the food they eat and, and extending food security and building uh, opportunities for communities to meet their own needs, it goes so far beyond just kids, cows, sows, and plows. <laughs> I'll say that again. Kids, cows, sows, and plows. The extension system there. And then I spent 12 years in Mississippi. Uh, I did not work for Mississippi State. I worked with Mississippi State with extension. Um, and uh, uh, moved to Minnesota where I was associate director of of extension and uh, most recently uh, wrapping up my commitment to Penn State University where I'm director and Dean and director of uh, Penn State Extension so the opportunity to come back west where my family's from uh, the opportunity to to uh, work with and guide in some form or fashion the the future directions of ag and natural resources it, it is an opportunity of a lifetime and I'm so pleased, so honored uh, to have this opportunity. Well, I am, again, I'm going to say I'm glad that you're taking this opportunity. And we have you here in California. But now kind of explain, I mean, this isn't something that you were 
you know, growing up and uh, saying someday I want to be in Land Grant University. So, I mean, yeah. you had you had to decide that you were going to go to college, and then you had to decide what you were going to major in. And we're going to talk about what where that sure. ended up and yeah. how you what you chose to study. But tell us a little bit about that part of your journey. Absolutely. Uh, I grew up in Southern Utah. Uh, my family has an agricultural base, uh, but my dad actually worked in coal mines, and and uh, we had a small hobby farm, if you will. We raised horses and cows and and uh, uh, we had our chickens and whatnot, uh, but uh, farming has been in my roots. Dairy farming, uh, we were vertically integrated uh, on the on the on the farm, and um, I made the choice to go a, a different route. Uh, I went into sociology as an undergraduate, um, and I did so because I really wanted to work with and in communities. And so that's the direction that I took. So I, I went to Tennessee for graduate school and, and found myself at Iowa State uh, working for Extension, working with Extension, and getting a PhD in rural sociology with a focus on community and economic development. And I've worked uh, with uh, tribal nations my entire career and, um, and, and doing community-based work. And so that was where I thought my path was was going to be in, in perpetuity, uh, was asked to consider taking a role in administration and and uh, moved into extension administration and found out that I love it. Yeah. Yeah, because my job is to hire the best people I can possibly afford, yeah. give them all the resources that I can give them to be successful, remove barriers to their success, and then get out of the way and don't be a jerk. You That's know what I, I like about the kind of people that you end up hiring, and we're surrounded by them uh, tonight, oh, I'll yeah. even mention it, is that they're those doggone do-gooders. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, honestly, it is the most mission-driven organization I've ever worked with because we live in the communities we serve. We operate on a basis of where that community context is. So every place I've worked, it's a little bit different because the context is different. The history, the culture, the the economics, the the very essence of, of every community. And so to get to have the opportunity to come to California and to literally go from the Oregon co- Oregon border all the way down to the Mexican border from the the Sierra Nevadas all the way to the Pacific Ocean. What a unique, incredible opportunity to engage with Californians. Because my goal, my whole effort, is to build the capacity of every single Californian that we touch to meet their own needs. That goes, that transcends political party. That transcends ideology. It transcends everything. Because we're about building capacity. We're about uh, working with the communities to help them accomplish their goals. You know, and it seems to transcend city limits, too. Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I tended to, you know, I grew up on a farm. Sure. And so the extension agent, we knew the county extension agent. He was great. We went to educational programs. Right. And, and then in my career, I've worked with Purdue quite a bit. And I, when I was living in Indiana and going around, you know, with the, with the team, and they'd always put me on because I ran a cattlemen's association back then. So I have a really fond feelings for extension, but I tend to think of it just to the production agriculture side, uh, the economic side, the you know production agriculture, both animal agriculture and crop production and so forth, but not so much with community development. 
at, and then I'm intrigued. That's been your track, and you're running a program that includes, you know, community development work, but it's everything else too. Absolutely. It's a, youth it's a broad development. area. Yeah, health and nutrition, and and helping families make better decisions uh, about how the food they eat, and and extending food security and building uh, uh, opportunities for communities to meet their own needs. It goes so far beyond just kids, cows, sows, and plows. <laughs> I'll say that again. Kids, cows, sows, and plows. Oh, that's, that's what people think of when they think oh, of that's extension. Right. That's right. I'm going to think about it every time from now on. <laughs> we, as we speak, we're yes. sitting on a park bench on, on Fresno, California. Yes. And there's some booming music in the background because there's a, a, an entertainment going on in the next building. Uh, but you've got 800 people here. Yeah. Uh, and kind of explain this group because there seems to be a whole lot of eager young people, a lot of young people, yeah. various ages, that are are anxious to be part of this whole community, working in agriculture extension and getting out and, and doing the kinds of work you're alluding to. Yeah, so that's the beautiful thing about what we do is over half of Ag and Natural Resources, the Division of Ag and Natural Resources, have been with Extension, been with the Division, less than five years. Wow. Meaning we have an entirely new crop, using the agriculture uh, example, of folks that are vested in promoting development, in building uh, our communities, and working with um, our community-based organizations, our businesses, governments, to uh, accomplish our collective mission. Well, you know, buying into the mission, it seems like, you know, at one level you can look at what they've studied. Right. So they've got this degree or that degree right. and so forth and maybe some other references. But how do you find whether they got it in their gut to have the have that mission orientation that, that's going to make them good at what you do? Well, the reality is, you know, folks come and sometimes we are a great trainer for other organizations mm -hmm. we help them see a broader vision help them see what opportunities are and they may or may not stay and i think it is that connection to the mission of of the land grant system the connection uh to the division of ag and natural resources and the the communities where they serve that's the difference that's where the magic sauce is the secret sauce it, it's it's about catching that vision and then again my job is to work with them to help them accomplish their visions yeah and help them be successful so what is your promise to them my promise to them is exactly that i'm gonna work my tail off to meet them where they are i've got the uh, an amazing opportunity to travel california to meet with them because they're the experts in their context, in their communities, in their life. Uh, they are the ones that are going to teach me. Mm -hmm. And so I get to learn. I get to learn from them and work with them collaboratively to develop their identity of success. So do you expect to be out a lot? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. My job can't be done from Davis. Uh, it's got to be done in, in uh, the communities, in the research extension centers, in the, the campuses uh, of the UC system, and our and all of uh, the uh, the partners that we have throughout uh, the higher ed system and and community colleges and and our community-based organizations. 
when we come together, when we set aside the moniker of our system, when we set aside the perceived barriers to working collaboratively, that's where the magic happens. Some of that magic that appeals to me is that I envision as you speak, being almost parachute into whether it's a city or a rural community or right. something else and you and there's a certain amount of blank white board oh yeah it's kind of like well, wait a minute what's happening here what do yeah. what do we need to be doing how can i help you you realize this change so i'm i'm going to stop you right there my goal is not to help anybody oh, okay because that word help it assumes that there's a deficit there yeah yeah when in all reality my job is to be a collaborator with them to help them accomplish, to work with them and assist them in accomplishing their vision. And, and, and they're the ones that, that create success because I, I come in, I come out. It, it's the folks that within the division of ag and natural resources is the folks that are in the commodity groups and our stakeholders in communities and in business and government and in, and in, and, and in the nonprofits, they're the ones that define success. That's not my job. Yeah. And so I work collaboratively with them. I don't help anybody. But you might point out to them, you might learn from so-and-so that's exactly. doing it. Exactly. <laughs> but that's what a collaborator does. Yeah, yeah. It assumes that they have resources, that they have expertise, that they have the answers, and perhaps we just show them a different way of accomplishing that same goal. I've been to a lot of areas that uh, would be complaining and saying, that's horrible. I don't have any place to have my meat processed or my livestock processed. Yeah. Or I, I've, I'm able to grow these these vegetables, but I can't compete with Cisco. And, and yet I've talked to some of the people that are in extension that are saying, well, let's let's see if we can figure this out. Yeah. So they're looking for resources. They're getting a small meat plant going. They're lining them up with, you know, farm to farm to school sales. Absolutely. And creating food hubs. And farm to table. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's exciting, and I think there's a lot of people I know that listen to my podcast get excited about that too. And and in the land grant systems, not just in California. Right. Is there a normal place they can go that they're able to find? expertise usually is do most do most of the land grant programs have somebody that's working on community development type work absolutely so one of the things that that uh, was just launched uh, was a, a hire a cluster of, of new community-based um, uh, advisors that yeah. work with the communities and so some are focused on different areas or have different areas of expertise but the best thing to do is go to the Division of Ag and Natural Resources website, and you can find out, actually go drill down right to your community, yeah. right to the county, and find out where those resources are. When we put on the badge of Ag and Natural Resources, it doesn't say team, it doesn't say what our expertise is. We are all part of the Division of Ag and Natural Resources, which means that the goal is for all of us to represent all the programs. Now, we may not have the answers immediately, but we know someone that will. And let's let's think about it this way. When someone has a challenge, when they have a question, right? and there are people in their communities within Ag and Natural Resources that uh, they can turn to, right? that individual has the capacity that's in with, within the entire division Right. Plus all 10 land grants. Right. And all of our partners in industry. 
all of our partners in community-based organizations, all of our partners, not only within the state of California, but within Cooperative Extension nationally. You know, in what you're helping establish, it also creates a need for lots of good communications. Absolutely. Because I was talking to a chef I had on, on as a guest. Yeah. And they said the typical way they had worked in the past is after a busy night, they get in and figure what they're needing and they put the order into Cisco or somebody that, that the truck would come and deliver the next day. Mm-hmm. But when you start working directly with local farms, you've got to have communications. You've got to be able to say, I think I want to grow something like this. The farmer has to be able to say, well, fine, but I can't really produce that right now. And it's not, here's a better thing for you to try, or I might try to grow this for you. And, And so it struck me as I talked to some of these chefs that are in the farm to table stage is it's requiring them to have communication skills that were not that well practiced. Right, know? right, right. Well, and the same thing is true with Cooperative Extension or uh, any of our, our programs. The way that we did it 50 years ago was the expectation is that the, the extension agent had right. all the answers. Right. We don't. Right. Right. We are a partner. And this has never been more true than in our growth in the urban areas. Yeah. Because if we do a, a, a program in a rural county, mm-hmm. it's going to make a lot of ripples. Because it's like casting a stone into a still pond. Uh, it can impact a lot of the percentages of the people. Well, in some of our metro areas, there are a lot of people throwing big rocks. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps maybe we have to turn it on its head a little bit and be an aggregator of content, be an aggregator of services, being an, an aggregator of partnerships, and get people to throw at the same time. But you know what? One thing, as you say that, it makes me feel like you could be welcome almost everywhere. Absolutely. Because there's some kind of programs people say, well, wait a minute, you're you're kind of getting into my lane, you know. But yeah. for the area that that you are functioning, I don't think there's a lot of competition. I mean, the, you know, that people say, gee, I want to do this. I don't need to have help, uh, especially if, if Extension's jumping in and facilitating yeah. these changes. Right. But again, we're not looking to help. Oh, collaborate. Collaborate. Collaborate there you and go. collaborate and communicate. Exactly. Exactly. With which in turn empowers. In, yeah. And the results are going to be people working together uh, with what they've added to. With local ownership. Yeah. Local capacity building. Local asset building. Who can't get behind that? Oh, I'm behind it. And I'll talk to you more about it and I'll talk to others about yeah. it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. What's your advice to somebody that's getting a little encouraged or maybe even inspired about what we're doing? And the, and first, let's talk about people that might want to go down this road and someday be with Penn State or with the University of California yeah. and, and, and and try to help people in this way and become a collaborator. What, what advice do you have to those folks? So the best thing to do is find your passion first. Find your passion first, because whether you actually work with UC uh, or, or work with Penn State or work with any of a, a cooperative extension or, or uh, any of the supporting uh, entities, find your passion first and we'll figure out a way to make it work. Because what was the Division of Ag and Natural Resources even 10 years ago mm-hmm. is not going to be the Ag and Natural Resources 10 years from now. Because we have to constantly evolve or we will become irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about the embracing of technology and delivery of programs, 
we learned a lot during the pandemic, yeah. both here in California and in Pennsylvania and every, every other place. The thought used to be that you had to deliver a program face-to-face. We don't have to do that anymore. We, we, are, we found that we can be extremely successful, extremely successful and effective by working with, again, partners at the local level to bring together people and we can deliver high-quality exemplary programs hmm. without ever having to touch uh, be, be in that space which when you think about that how, what does that do to a state the size of California with its diversity with its needs with its capacity it shrinks it down mm-hmm. so I don't have to have someone in every single county to deliver programs we build up the programs and we take it to them both physically and virtually so for the people that are interested in working with us, find your passion, pursue it, and you may end up like like me, who had no thought, no vision, no intention of working with Cooperative Extension or, or the Division of Ag and Natural Resources. But I fell into it, and I've never looked back. And it's, it's folks like this that it's, it's, it's like adding seasoning to a soup. You know, you make me feel good about my choices in college because I, at the time I decided I was just going to pursue what really interested me. And all I, all I studied was communications and sociology. And then I ended up spending a whole career working with working for farmers. <laughs> well, that's what and, I did. Uh, yeah, well, that's exactly right. I mean, it's fine. I quit too early, though. I didn't go on and get those other degrees. But I've been able to work with farmers nonetheless. And it makes me feel good to see what you're doing and also to see so many people that just want to help yeah. that that uh, they know they can make things better and and I talked to some of these folks that in some cases they're going back to the areas they grew up in absolutely and they've gone off they've got a degree or a couple degrees and they come back and they're helping that community get on their get on their feet we call them round trippers ah yeah because yeah. they're bringing in new assets yeah they're bringing in new skills and new uh, opportunities that they didn't have when they left yeah, yeah. But How hey, look, so you're a round tripper then. I am. I am. <laughs> well, I, I can tell you from experience, it's easier to be a round tripper when it's California and, and back because yeah. the winters yeah. are easier. <laughs> well, significantly easier than Minnesota and in Pennsylvania. Yeah, so, yeah. and in Illinois. I sold my snowblower last week. If yeah, that's well, I, I don't miss I don't miss that part of it. But you know, congratulations on this position. And just one more thing. Yeah. So. I mean, tell people where the websites might be if you know them already. Uh, well, the, I tell you what, the easiest thing to do is Google, just or type in a search engine, University of California, Division of Agriculture and Natural Resources, and it will pop up for you. There, You're going to find programs in every single county uh, of California, every metro area of California, every rural community of California. You're going to find about agriculture, yes, of course, natural resources, yes, of course, but you're going to find about communities and kids and health and wildfire mitigation and community and economic development and business development. The opportunities are truly limitless. And when you have a great idea, when you think, oh, my gosh, i got to tell Brent about this. And by the way, I'm Brent. I'm not Dr. Hills. I'm Brent. Um, just say, hey, Brent, I'm going to drop him a line. Because some of the best ideas that came out of the pandemic did not come from within our system. They came from people who wanted to make a difference. And I love that. I welcome it. 
please, let's let's make it happen together. So, Brent, yes. we've got a lot of people listening to this podcast that want to make a difference and want to help people that are making a difference, and I think yeah. there's some of them are going to follow up on your invitation. Oh, so. please do, please do. I'm anxious to make it happen, but regardless, the folks in your communities, they will know how to get a hold of me. Uh, reach out to the state office. They'll know how to get a hold of me. And, and let's connect because I'm going to be coming to the communities. I'm coming to the campuses. I'm going to be out in California because I want to learn from you. I want to learn what's important for, for uh, your community, for, for your, from your perspective, because you're the expert. Well, you know what? I appreciate that invitation. And I know what there are going to be some people that are going to follow up on this. And I think maybe some people that in other states around the country that it's going to trigger some interest in in their own state to see what's happening. Well, and I, I tell you what, I'm, I am uh, the extension directors group, the ag experiment directors groups. Um, we're all a tight group. Yeah. And I can tell you, uh, I've worked virtually in every state, in mm-hmm. numerous territories, uh, the United States, Virgin Islands, Puerto Rico, and so forth. You'll never find more committed people. Those doggone do-gooders. I know. Yes, we are. <laughs> All right. Yes, we are. You've been listening to Farm to Table Talk with your host, Roger Wasson. 